106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in Hello, welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim Al at Burn on the Board. SP Futures down nine. NASDAQ Futures down 38. We were down more, but we're making a little bit of a comeback here. This is after a, a big, big down day on Friday. We were, <laughs> Dow was down 630. NASDAQ down 104. NASDAQ down 420. We did our best Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to give up. Two biggest days we had ever on Monday and Tuesday. We didn't quite make it there. We're still up on the week, but I'll just say we tried on Friday after the, the labor numbers came out and all of a sudden it, uh, it appeared to most people. Uh, we have Mr. Jim Lawler in the uh, studio with us this morning. We don't know if Greg's calling in. He usually does on Monday morning. He might. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the, I guess the uh, the message from the jobs report was no stinking pivot. Hey, Jimmy. I mean, it was. Uh, mm. um, we're not going to. The Fed's not going to be turning rates around anytime soon. It doesn't appear. Uh, news of the day: We've got Nobel Economics Prize awarded to U.S. based economists, including Bernanke. For work on the crisis, hmm. um, not no, not sure exactly what I what I need about what I want to know about that one, but uh, sort of interesting. Um, yeah. for, actually, it was for his work on the Great Depression with a couple of guys from one guy from the University of Chicago, a guy named uh, Di- Diamond. Is uh, a professor from Chicago Booth School of Business. Another dude, uh, D Y B V I G. How do you pronounce that, Jimmy? Dibvig. He's a professor at the Olin Business School of Washington University in St. Louis. So, um, <coughs> anyway, the uh, Nobel Committee said their work in the early 1980s had significantly improved our understanding of the role of banks in the economy, particularly during financial crisis, and showing why it's vital to avoid bank collapses. Duh. Mm. They added this was invaluable during the 2008-2009 financial crisis and the coronavirus acad- uh, pandemic and I'm going to push back on that some in a bit here, but uh, Jimmy, what do you make of this? Uh, this uh, banks, Bernanke's analysis of the Great Depression 1930 showed how and why bank runs were a major reason for the crisis and why it was so long and severe. Uh, okay. I guess, well, I, mean, I think a lot of people know that. Maybe these guys showed it in a way where it was uh, better than me just opining on it. But Diamond and Dibzig's work, meanwhile, looked at the socially important role Banks play in smoothing the potential conflict between savers wanting access to their money and the economy needing savings to be put in the investments. Now, governments can help prevent bank runs by providing deposit insurance 
and acting as a lender of last resort. Okay, I don't think anybody uh, doesn't think that the that the Federal Reserve didn't didn't bleep up in the 30s. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, Jimmy, what's your have you done any any study on the the depression economics? You probably have not, but maybe you have. Have you? Very little. Um, uh, that's way before my time. Um, so I I know what you know the gist of it was back then that uh, you know you have to understand before the 30s until 32 we didn't have a fed so people when you had a run on the banks they kind of got caught off so they created the federal reserve and well the federal reserve was created before the depression but uh, the, it was the first uh, time they really had a run FDIC yeah oh yeah yeah FDIC was uh was you know there was none of that so yeah if you if your bank went under you were you were pretty much screwed and if the bank had no money you were screwed. Yeah. Very so simple. It is kind of very simple. No money, you're screwed. Yeah, so it was really a, a tremendous balance sheet uh, depression, not just an income depression, right? It was People not only lost their job, they lost their wealth. Essentially, exactly. Essentially on the same day. And that, like that's that's never good. So it's... Um, anyway, that's... Uh, I, uh, I think that there's... Still in this day, but obviously the University of Chicago, uh, with the Freedmanites that were there, including Friedman, uh, we studied this somewhat, Mr. Lawler, and uh, but it was their their opinion was it was always it was the Fed sort of fault that they let, and I, and I think it has to do it. It really speaks to what they're doing today, and it and I think it it is it is actually very flawed. Uh, the the conclusion was, and you know, I was in the guy's class. Uh, Milton Friedman would say the reason for depression is I believe the Fed allowed the money supply to drop because the savings disappeared. <coughs> so that was money that just was gone. Savings disappeared. They allowed the money supply to drop like 32 percent in six months or something. Was it 1932 or somewhere in there? And that was the the real cause of the depression. Well, uh, the solution though is what, to their mind, what the Fed should have done was to somehow not let that happen, which I, if, the, if you use some kind of a uh, federal deposit insurance, which wasn't in place at the time, or the FSLIC, Federal Savings and Loan Insurance, I don't know if they really had the means, Jimmy, to get that money back into the economy. I don't think there was any kind of floating bonds uh, to that extent. I mean, I think it would have been trouble for them. They couldn't just, I mean, right now, if there's a big issue, the Fed can go out and buy bonds because the bonds are, are out there. They're, they're, there's, a, there's enough float. I don't think there was back then. Maybe there was. I mean, they should have done something. But where I'm getting to here in a clumsy way was if you somehow would have found a way to replace the money in the system, sort of like the Fed's done in the last few years, Mr. Lawler, is that you can't just pour it in the top. It never finds its way to the people that are hurt, the people you and I know. So if you just would have replaced the money in the system in 1932, somehow, but didn't find a way to get it to your great-grandmother who just got her nose broken as the bank shut the door on her face, uh, if you find a way to get it to her, I, again, you're pouring money, at making the people on the top really rich, hoping that it trickles down to your grandmother, and I don't think it would have. Do you? And unless you found a way nope. to have some sort of a, a, a federal deposit insurance in arrears, and got it to the, the person who actually got screwed, I don't see how the hell you you actually would have fixed the problem, do you? 
No, no, I don't. I mean, if you look at what FDIC does is basically covers some of your money. Right now, I believe the FDIC limit is 250000 before it was 100000 When we had our recent crisis, the FDIC figured out they could not bail out all the banks. That's why they will try to come in and get someone to buy it, such as in Wamu's case, and well as Bear Stearns. They will try to get someone to buy the bank instead of taking it into receivership because they really don't have the insurance that you believe you have is not much at all. No. Well, I, I think here, here's my here's my issue with it, Jimmy. We've got to talk about some mortgages here. I guess Greg is calling in at 7 uh, for our commodity report. Um, what the issue I have with it is that the solution to these guys is to make sure a few of the banks, the big money market banks, the four banks that are left, basically, it's a, it's City, it's a J.P. Morgan, it's uh, Wells Fargo, B of A, yeah, that they have so much money, you pour so much money into them, that they can't possibly bleep up. I don't, I don't see that as a solution at all, do you? No. You, especially when you got interest rates now, where the Fed's paying four percent and banks are paying. People in their in their savings accounts, what a half of one, maybe. I mean, to the point where they become creatures under themselves, you know, and you just pour money into them on a daily basis. I don't I don't see that as a solution at all. I would much rather have more banks and watch them a little closer because they're supposed to take risk. These guys don't have to. You just pour money out. It all you do is take home huge salaries. I anyway, I'm, I'm not in the. Well, that I mean, that's what the FDIC was supposed to do, but a, as we know that. In 2008, technically, one bank is not supposed to have more than 10% of the nation's deposits. Well, we found out from B of A that they were up around 12%. Yep. And now you start to see, yeah, when you start adding up the big banks, well, they were up over 50% of all the deposits. So it's a tough business for the smaller bank because then they come in and they will gobble up. The smaller banks... And with the option now that don't worry, the Fed will bail me out. Well, they, no matter how stupid I get, yeah, the Fed will bail me out and make sure that I never lose a paycheck, we never never lose a board member, we never run that stuff. Correct. Anyway, uh, Jimmy, we have forty minutes to because uh, Greg's going to call in, and obviously you're welcome to stick around. And Nancy's going to call in later about mortgages. And we have Nancy in every couple of weeks, and she talks about mortgages and for the uh, basically takes us from when. Somebody buys a home. Uh, Audrey takes us from somebody's looking for buy a home to when they buy the home. And Nancy takes us from people who, once you buy it or you get your mortgage approved before, I guess now, right? Jimmy, isn't that the way you do it? Well, yes, hopefully. Yeah, so you, so when you actually go to buy a house, you have your approval in your packet. You can say, I'll take this place, and by the way, I'm good for it. So um, do you have to, if you have a rate that's good for like a couple of months, you have to pay for that, right? Yeah, that would be a rate lock. Most rate locks now can go from 30 to 60 days if you you can go out further but you do pay for it how much uh it depends on the lender i mean what's well, that 20 grand right <clears throat> no it's never 20 grand but you might have to lock in at a th- you might pay a point you might pay a quarter of a point it depends on on the lender you can go out longer uh i know rocket will do that uh but it's kind of on the ridiculous side because the whole idea of the rate lock was that you've locked in your rate and hopefully you will be closing right within a 30-day time frame 
And then they've extended it out to 60 days. And now you can go out further than that. Um, I don't see the real point of going out further than that. I mean, why, why would you want to rate lock on something that you might buy for 180 days, you know, six months? Well, because, uh, well, I'll tell you why. I mean, I, from what I've learned from uh, uh, Audrey and Nancy is if, if you went out all of a sudden to try and buy a house, and you find one, you might find some might be a, well, this is, this is being old general, but it could be an older couple that's, that puts it on the market, and all of a sudden, you know, the, if you buy, they sell it on the first day, well, they're not ready to move for six, eight weeks, and maybe you can't close. I mean, you see, the Duffin, it says you're going to close in 30 days. No, but I generally think that if you are putting your house on the market, you should be ready to, uh, yeah, well. to do that, but... Uh, because in 180 days, there's a lot of things that can happen. You can lose your job. Uh, you know, some oh, yeah. financial disaster can well, I'm not happen. saying 180. I'm saying 30 is pretty tight to get into a 30 is. In. That's why they yeah. go out to 60 now. Well, your, your, your job here this morning is after, I don't, I don't think, matter of fact, I don't understand it all the way through, so I don't I have to assume that our, our listeners uh, do not. And we start seeing, I talk all the time now about, how many people are in mortgages at, I'll just pick a number, $400,000 house at, at uh, 3%. And if something untoward ever happened <coughs> and they had to sell that place and had to go buy another place, uh, most, as Nancy tells us, virtually none of them could afford the same home at 6%. So That's probably right. So I guess what we're, I'm asking you to take is, is after Nancy's done and she inks the thing and the people every signs it with whoever it is, be it, uh, you know, Lakeside Bank, be it, you know, I'm not talking about a jumbo. We'll talk about jumbos after the break. But uh, what 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 happens to that mortgage? Obviously, most all of them are going to find their way with a, with a Freddie, or Fannie, Freddie or Fannie guarantee, correct? You would hope so, yes. And then they, then they enter the system and people buy this mortgage paper. Who's buying all that paper? I mean, can you and I buy that stuff? Sure. I mean, you, it you can. I mean, I did for a while have some Freddie and Fannie. They were getting called on the bonds, but yeah, you can buy the bonds. Sure, you can buy you can buy the mortgages. Usually, so in, if you wanted to get involved in this, you'd buy a Fannie or Freddie bond. You could, or you could buy the mortgages. Uh, there are people that do do that. Uh, Fannie and Fannie will sell them off it takes about a hundred million dollars to buy a package of them but then so you, you realize had 100, you had a hundred million bucks no no i don't um about a hundred million dollars shy of that oh, all right um but then you take the risk because once you have once they have sold it it is now no longer under the fanny or freddie umbrella so you don't have that warm and fuzzy feeling anymore um, but typically what does happen is once the sale is done and the mortgage has been funded, the mortgage lender does have to now hold it for a safe harboring period before it is sold to Freddie and Fannie. So I can't, like in the old days, in 2000s, the early 2000s, buy it and within 24 hours sell it to Freddie or Fannie. It doesn't work that way any longer. You have to hold it for a period of time, saying by the time you send it over, that it is good and that it is now under the safe harboring. All right, so just to be clear, if I buy a place for half a mil and I either I either going to go to Nancy or I'm going to go, and she's, obviously she works for several firms, 
uh, or to Lakeside Bank. Let's Lakeside say that's easier. Um, all right, so I write a check for 100 grand plus all the other crap that goes with the mortgage, and I get a mortgage for 400. So I put my 20 percent down. Who actually ponies up the 400 on day one? The bank, the lender does. Lakeside Bank. Yes. Or now, or Nancy's. In Nancy's case, she's a mortgage broker. Where does it, where does she get it from? She gets it from the lender. Now, being a mortgage broker, she has multiple people that she can go to. Okay. Um, they would pony up the dough. Generally, what you are seeing is on the small lenders, uh, where some of the lenders are not banks, so they're borrowing it. They have a line of credit. They borrow the money, and then when it is funded, they pay the, the line back so they can keep borrowing against right, so, it. So Lakeside or, or Nancy's people have this four hundred grand into my house mm-hmm. for how long? Now, it's usually up. It used to be up until the first payment. Now it's a little longer than that. I think it's two to three weeks to close to a month. Once they have said, okay, this person pays, I've had it. I now can sell it, and under the Safe Harbor Act, I can say to Freddie and Fannie, it's, we, you know, when I had it, it was good, now that you have it, so it can't be forced back on me. In the old days, in 2004, they were selling them within less than, within 24 hours. Here you go. Oh, and, and they were buying it. <laughs> and they, they were buying it. They didn't know, and unfortunately, they were buying some of it was... Uh, less than desirable now the safe harbor allows the you know compromise between Freddie and fanny and the and the investors to say okay we realize no one knows how long you're going to be in your job no one knows if your 401k is going to be depleted all of that there is a time period and as long as it meets the past it safe harboring Freddie and Fannie will now deal with the fall. But all the all the when I get my loan either from Nancy or Lakeside, I'm going to be. Uh, I, I definitely have. Uh, uh, what's what's the word? I've qual- I've qualified totally for their stuff. Well, with Nancy, not necessarily. With you, when you were the broker. But okay, with with a broker, you are. Approved with one lender. Now, obviously, if something happens, I can go to another lender. With the bank, yes. With Lakeside, you're approved. You've with, with, fa- with Fannie, or, but with Fannie, I've met the criteria of essentially Fannie and Freddie. Sure, you you've run through the Fannie and Freddie systems. Yes, LP and DU. All right, and uh, who's the other one who does the uh, the stuff for the uh, soldiers? That would be the. Veterans Administration office, a VA loan. Okay, because I think my uh, stepfather had uh, um, he he bought a a bond, and I think I think it was the VA. He bought a bond. You know, he's a pretty clever guy. This is when the mortgage rates were like eight and a half, nine percent. He buys, you know, he had, he didn't have a lot of money. I'm gonna say he bought fifty grand worth. So it, it was supposed to be thirty year bonds. Well, that <laughs> every month he got. You're supposed to get pick a number, you know, fifty bucks, eight, say, you know, five hundred dollars a month. Every month he's getting six hundred, seven hundred, because everybody's buying the mortgages out, right? Mm-hmm. So then finally near the end, his checks were like two bucks, and in the last month he got a check for like a buck. Must have been, must have been the last mortgage, his share of the last mortgage in the in the in the, in the bin. So that you see, you can still buy those kinds of things, those kinds of 
can a person still buy into a, a, a specific basket of mortgages, or do you, or is it, or do you just buy a bond in, in those places? That's a good question. Usually, it's a bond. I know with mine, it, this was back in 2012. Uh, these were Freddie. They were Fannie back, but the problem is that they were being called. These were the higher mortgages that yeah. Freddie was going to go in, and then you know refinance at, at a much lower rate. So you took a chance. You were getting five percent, but you knew that within you know six months or so. Your bonds could be called in. Well, as people paid off, see my, my or step- they pay them off. Yeah, my That's stepfather's true. one. There was, there was actually there were actual mortgages in there. Mm-hmm. So when, as every individual mortgage got paid off, say he was a he was one one thousandth of the mortgage or something, he'd get a little extra change in his check till finally the, the interest check started to drop. For a while, they were higher, then they became lower, right? So right. the last the last checks were like ten bucks. He's like, wait a minute, I was in here for thirty years. I'm, after three years, I got like nothing left. Well, well, that's the way they were. That's the way it works. That's the pre futures now only down four. As if you're down twenty, I'll be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. 
To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Lord, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Mr. Jim Lawler in the studio with us, and we have Matt Byrne on the board doing his usual good job. We are of course, slightly late this morning. It wasn't because anybody overslept. Guess what? There was a shooting incident on the uh, Kennedy, and we had to take uh, local local on the way in. Yikes. Y- yet again. How did you get by that, Matt? There was no... Me, I actually, I stuck to my, my guns, and I just stayed in my lane. I, 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 sooner or later, I got there. Oh, because they were telling everybody to get off at Division, and that's where we get at, so I was worried about you. Oh, you were yeah. Here. Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was. I, I could see. It was I was. I was caught up in that backup for a while, uh, but luckily got here at a, at a reasonable time at least. Um, but traffic was moving a little bit after that. After that. That break off. So yeah. Yeah, you got to be. You know, winging, winging the bullets around. SP <laughs> futures down five. Nasdaq futures down twenty five. We're coming back. We were down uh, quite a bit more than that when we came in. Dow futures only down eight. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei down one ninety five point seven percent. Shanghai down fifty one point seven percent. Hang Seng down. 523, another 3%. These guys, 17,216. I mean, we're going to have to have a, a big powwow with uh, Professor uh, Rhodes on because he's been, he's our, our Hang Seng uh, uh, expert. Boy, these guys are, I mean, it's, they're down from like 29,000 like 14 months ago. It's, it's a long way. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX up 75.6, FTSE down 20.2, Kekron down 2, call that flat. As a way of review on Friday, we were down 6.30 in the Dow, 104 in the S&P. NASDAQ was down 4.20. It was a brutal day on Friday after the, after the numbers came out, the labor numbers, which was a pretty good report. Uh, all of a sudden, everybody said, well, no, 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 no stinking pivot, so away we go. Uh, bonds up six basis points to 3.89, heading back towards four. The Bund over two, wow, 2.19. Uh, Japan, 0.25, always the same number. Oil. Down 84 cents, 91.80, though it's not back up over 90. Rent down 91 cents, 97.01. Natural gas up a penny, six, um, 6.76. And this is the one that 
is roasting the hell out of me here, James. Arbob down four cents, two sixty nine. So there's a there's a two dollar spread between gas here in the suburbs and Arbob, and it's three dollar spread in the city. What what the bleep? It's supposed to be like eighty cents. Uh, anywho, gold down twenty two bucks, sixteen eighty seven. Not good enough for the gold people. Silver down thirty six cents, nineteen eighty nine. Copper up five cents, three forty three. Bitcoin down ninety three bucks to nineteen thousand thirty nine. Into the worry zone there. And we've got the U.S. dollar uh, down. The euro is down, so dollars. Euro is down is point seven nine seven to the dollar. That's unbelievable. The pound one point one. So down again today. Are those for currencies? Dollar getting stronger, stronger. That's why gold's down. It's all kind of tied together. Mm-hmm. We got Forrest Matt. Traffic yeah, weather sports. Yeah, good morning. Currently 6.38 a.m. on Monday, October 10th, 2022. Uh, traffic, as we mentioned, pretty light this morning. City side, though, keep in mind some police activity eastbound on the Kennedy around Ohio Street causing some delays. Caused us some delays today. Uh, weather in Chicago, pretty clear this morning. We're currently at 49 degrees. A high of 74 and a low of 49 degrees tonight. In Phoenix, though, clear skies. Currently 71 degrees, a high of 91 and a low of 70. In the MLB yesterday, playoffs started last Friday, October 7th. Yesterday, though, we saw San Diego Padres at New York Mets. San Diego won 6-2-0. Playoffs back on Tuesday night. Yesterday in the NFL, end of Week 5 in the 2022 season, Cardinals lost Eagles 20-7. New York Giants beat Packers 27-22. And the Bears lost their second game in a row against Minnesota 29-22. Bears stand at two wins and three losses this season. All for now. Back to you, Chief. How do they win two games? <laughs> Very lucky. Yeah. Very good, yeah. Took a monsoon to win the one. Rubbing lucky uh, rat, rabbit feet. So it, it's, a, it's nice to be number one. I think we're num- we got to be the number one black in the city. We had yet another murder in front of the office Yikes. on Saturday night, which brings the total to 10 shot and I think it's three or four murdered since uh, May 1st. Huh. We saw the one morning, Matt. We were coming in, remember? Oh, yeah. Well, then there was the May was 1st episode, and then there was this thing. That was brutal. Well, evidently, the uh, the place across the street, which was allegedly closed, mm. now is open for private gatherings. And, of course, one of the private gatherings, two guys started uh, arguing and, I guess, maybe biffing in the street, and all of a sudden one guy pulls out a gun and nails the other guy. Amazing part is they actually arrested the guy. Where the, the, May, the May shooting, where they just gunned him down while they were driving by, yeah. and the one a couple of months ago, of course, even though... Everybody's paid by credit cards and everything else. We don't know any idea who any of these people are, which is which mm. is so crazy. I you know I, I don't want to go there, but yeah. uh, Jimmy, let's what do you say? Let's continue. So, so the so Lakeside or or Nancy's group or she sends it to, they're actually going to the mortgage is now going to get paid. Uh, is going to be bought by Fannie and Freddie now. Now, who do, you, who do you keep sending your check to? Who's going to service it? Fannie and Freddie don't service it, do they? No, Fannie and Freddie do not. At that point, Fannie and Freddie usually have a servicer, and this is where it gets to the fun part. Now, would it be Lakeside or somebody else? It could be. There is one little disclosure in every mortgage called the Mortgages Servicing Disclosure, which gives them the right to sell the mortgage itself as well as the servicing, and this is where it gets fun. Your first check will always go to the people that fund it. Then, after 30 days, technically, you're supposed to know who is now handling the loan. So you're supposed to get a letter from your servicer saying, hey, such as my company, hey, we're your servicer, please send your checks to us. Or your ACHs or call us to make payments over the phone. 
That's where it gets fun, Chief. Uh, sometimes these things, the servicing will get sold three times within a year. So your servicer can change rapidly. And so this is not really new, though, is it, Jimmy? No, it's not new. It just shows the tightness of the spread that the servicers charge. Uh, you know, it's <clears throat> they charge a certain percentage, and there are only now less servicers. So maybe we're seeing the servicers will stay. If it was Lakeside and Lakeside sells the mortgage to Freddie and Fannie, they might want to keep the servicing side. So you keep paying Lakeside. When I got my mortgage in, uh, got it had to be 1985, 84 in Beverly, uh, I'm going to say I went to the savings and loan, and I, <clears throat> in the next six months or year, I was sending it to the third place. But I think they were just buying up the savings and loans. <coughs> Or they were merging. I'm, I'm not sure. It was might have been a different story there, but uh, could have been. Okay, so now the the, the serp, now what happens if when when the Fed was buying them, what were they doing? They were buying blocks of mortgages from Fannie and Freddie, or blocks of mortgages from they, anybody. They were buying blocks of the mortgage-backed security. That's what they were doing. They were buying the actual underlying the security itself, the underlying mortgages that what you do is you securitize it, you sell it, and that gives you the ability to lend more money. It's okay, so... How, how it works. So the Fed came in and started buying those. Did they have their favorite servicers or no? They kept it left over where they were. Most of the time they kept them where they were. The, again, the Fed doesn't want to get into the business of servicing loans. But, I mean, you if know, you were a Wells Fargo or somebody and you're servicing... 50,000 Fed loans, that's a good business. 50,000 would be small. If it's 5 million, yeah, it's a pretty good business. It's just a free-flowing cash coming in. What, what do you, what do, how do they get paid? They get a percentage. Uh, you know, it's like a credit card transaction. One, you know, it's a percentage of the mortgage of that payment they get. And, uh, you know, it could be anywhere from half a point to a point and a half per loan. So it's just free servicing money coming in. It's a cash flow business is what it is. The money comes in, you service the loan, you deal with the problems. You Like in my business, people call up. You didn't pay my property taxes. You didn't pay my school taxes. The servicers deal with that problem. The investors get their money every month. All right, so um, isn't there some sort of Nancy? Last few times we were out mentioned that if all of a sudden somebody say it's me, and I, well, I guess if I pony up a hundred grand, they're not going to worry about it because they got enough money. But but they're down to like you can get some mortgages now at three percent and five percent again, right? Uh, so if all of a sudden I stop payment like four months from now, and it turns out that the stuff I wrote on the thing was all BS, this can come back. This can come back at the lender now, right? Yes. You can be forced to buy back the loan. Yes. It depends. I mean, if I sell it on the open market enough times, then it's buyer beware. But Freddie and Fannie have gotten a little bit more wiser to it. They don't buy. Uh, they have stricter things, especially regarding arms, that uh, to qualify, the qualifications are, more, are tighter. 
In the old days, you'd qualify them whatever the arm rate was. Now you qualify them at the rate the arm could be, the highest rate. So it, instead of saying, okay, you qualify at 3%, well, let's take a look. What happens if the arm does get to 9% on my ceiling? Can they qualify at 9%? Well, if they keep paying, you can't exactly boot them, right? In the old days, like I said, in in the early stages, you could qualify them at 3%. Let's say the arm right. had, had, right, a, had a ceiling of 9%. The new rules now state you have to qualify them at the highest rate. All right. Well, most people can't handle that. But some can, some yes. Can, yeah. I mean, it depends on what that rate the high rate will be but yes they now qualify at the higher rate and then you go from there um so it is arms are back in i've i've heard people now start selling them oh yeah they're definitely back in um you know but the audrey nancy combo told me it's a phenomenon and it's not just guys of matt burns generation you know don't know how to use a monkey wrench but most people want the house move in condition a, because they don't really want to do any work. Uh, well, I don't know if it's A anymore. I think it might be C. The point being is you, well, a lot of people are totally on the edge of their, of their finances on the mortgage itself. So you're not going to get... Uh, um, I mean, you're, you're, there's no way that, that, that when they get in there, they can afford you know ten grand for a new air conditioner and furnace. So they, that's why you want it moving condition. You're very concerned about the inspection and those kinds of things. Correct. Because people are on the edge, so uh, I doubt very seriously if a lot of the people that are getting homes now at the well, I'll say six percent can also qualify at nine at an arm. So I mean, that's a that might be a non-starter these days for some people. It can be very much, but you are correct. People want moving ready. They also don't want. It, it is that perception that an older house I buy that the likelihood of something going wrong, a furnace hot water heater, air conditioner, uh, increase. And yes, oh, yeah. I might not have the reserves because when you get a mortgage, I'm not looking at your reserves at what happens if the pipes break or anything like that. At that point, that's your problem, not mine. Right, even though you have to have insurance and everything. but still. Right, you have to have insurance. But as an investor, all I care about, do you have enough insurance to cover the mortgage? That's pretty much what it is so people want that warm and fuzzy feeling that it's new and that the idea that some catastrophe within the heating cooling piping is not going to happen all right well we're going to take we've got like 12 minutes left let's take half the time and talk about what, what happens when people start to not pay and then then you got to let us know what's going on in florida um, so that, so now that we're a year into it somebody loses their job whatever or they're just being you know Trying, trying to do something untoward. Uh, when people start to not pay, now who's, whose problem is that? I mean, it's obviously the server knows about it first, but then what? Servicer. Well, the servicer knows about it. Uh, obviously, on most mortgages, and most people do not read, uh, but after 60 days of delinquency, you can begin the foreclosure process. And there is a but, uh, but every state's different, right? Well, no, the 60 days is pretty standard. Uh, the Usually the first part of it is standard. Let's say you go 60 days. The servicer has to try to reach out to you after 37 days to ask why, what's, what's happening. 
and to try to intervene, uh, hopefully maybe do loss mitigation. Then after the 60 days, depending on the state, I can start to send out what is a pre-called a pre-foreclosure notice, which gives you, again, depending on the state, most states it's 30 days, some states in the eastern seaboard, it can be as high as 90 days, but give you a time period to, you know, reinstate the loan, come current, before actual foreclosure procedures begin. Then we get into the fun part. So how does, uh, how did like the COVID and all the other stuff, how did that affect all that? Mm. Well, it depends on the state. Some states actually did have a COVID forbearance. A forbearance is a sort of extended grace period, which most people get very confused by because they're like, oh, I don't have to pay my mortgage and it's going to be put in the back end of the loan. No, that's not always the case. Uh, Let's say most states were offering 90 days, anywhere from 90 to 180 days with a forbearance during the COVID. You can't get it. Your job is eliminated. Uh, you know, let's say you were in the food industry and the restaurant was shut down. So you can make payments during that period or you don't have to. You're not charged any late fees. You're not charged, you know, against your credit in, in that period. The interest, keep, the interest keeps plugging away though right oh yes it does and here's the more fun part after the period expires uh you have to now figure out how you're going to get yourself caught back up now some states such as new york actually said okay after the grace period we will take whatever during the grace period mind you this is also a very fun subject um if you're already six months behind, and in New York you could go out a year, so you can now be a year and a half behind. But New York says after a year, that time period, you can put that in the back end of the loan. New York passed the law. They, so the, the year just didn't exist. You got another year at the end. Right. But then, as usual, you get that call saying, I want to pay off the loan. Well, what's this deferred balance? Well, did you remember when you modified or like such as in this case, the COVID, that that money was put interest-free on the back end of the loan. It earns no interest, okay? So it just sits there until the loan is paid off, which out of sight, out of mind, is the general consensus of most people. They don't realize I might have $200,000 in a deferment. And I think, you know, I'm my mortgage is at... All right, so if I... I owe two grand a month, and, I, and somehow or another, I get, I get a grace period for a year. I now have twenty four thousand sitting at, at the end of year, year thirty. Mm. Yep, or whenever the loan is to be matured. So, but I mean, you, so in other words, you're not you're not saying from you give me another year, so it's two thousand dollars for the next year, thirty to thirty one. It's a it's essentially a balloon payment. That's exactly what it is. All right. And then you go forward, and then it goes depending on. Well, the I mean, stage. if you actually make it to thirty years, and you got twenty-four left, you ought to be able to finance that easy enough. True. So if you're, if you, if you, but now uh, when it comes to actually booting people out, then that, then right now the servicer is up to his eyeballs in this stuff, and is in a uh, this the, the normal fee he gets doesn't cover all this stuff, does it? 
Well, no, they do get it. when We obviously get a fee. Uh, there are two types. There's a servicer that does paying loans, people that do non-paying loans. Ah. Non-paying loans, yes, I have a fee because it costs me money to call up these people and try to work something out. Um, and, you know, you have, again, depending on the states, certain states uh, are horse-driven car, you know, highways. They are incredibly slow to foreclose on. Other states, they're like super highways in L.A. with nine lanes of traffic. Mm. And you can foreclose fairly quickly because it's non-judicial. That's the biggest difference. Judicial, non-judicial. Judicial means i got to go to court. That uh, will always take time. It depends on the state if they have a backlog well, or not. If somebody, somehow or other, you're getting some, where a guy owes 400 grand, he goes, hey, look, i got to be moving. i got a job someplace else. And uh, and I but I can't you know whatever. If all of a sudden like we think you and I think might happen, these prices start coming down. These houses, people get lost. And he says, well, "I'll tell you what, I'll give you three fifty for it, all right, or so or, or there's a seller to somebody else for less than the price. Who okay's that loan? Do you, do you call the Fed? Do you call Fannie Freddie? There's a service. No, at that point, Fannie and Freddie have dumped it. They've sold it. They're getting really good at least at about from. 75 to 90 days, once you get delinquent on that and you go over that, they're, they're putting it on the secondary market. Oh, but who's, who are those guys? Buying? You're obviously not buying for full price there. What are you buying? What are you? That, that, no, you're not. Uh, I don't know. I mean, at one point, they were buying it for, you know, 67 cents on the dollar. Uh, as people started paying again, the price went up. Uh, so I don't know we, exactly. What I do know now is... Uh, in my company, we're buying more performing loans, but you know, obviously the price when you securitize it is if the yield is up, then the price of what you pay goes down. So I could have a thousand loans that where people have missed their payment for ninety days for whatever reason. I can go to somebody and say, "Without you driving by all thousand of them, I'll sell them to you for seventy cents on the bucket." People say yes. Yes. They'll, they'll have an idea of where, how many loans are in what state, but you're right. They don't really, they'll do a drive-by at some point to do for occupancy, but they don't know what the interior condition. So they, uh, but they uh, probably do a random sample of yes. 20 of them and they find, you know, 10 of them have regular people living there paying and other people have a fence up around it and other people got the, the grass is eight feet high and there's alligators living in there. I mean, it, they're, they're going to get some kind of a, of a, some sort of a feel. <coughs> Right, and then they then they then they say we'll we'll do that. Yes. Excuse me. All right, we only have uh, f- five minutes uh, unless we stay around a bit with Greg. What what's going on in Florida? Is that a total total bleep? It is a total bleep. Um, right now, you guys involved on there? Yes, we're involved in all fifty states, so we're learning slowly but surely. This uh, I do know from. 60 minutes yesterday they have people now doing drone surveys to find out the biggest issue down there is going to be which i thought was very weird chief uh what did the damage first was it the flood or the wind or the insurance companies are going to say it's the flood right yeah oh yeah they've done that before uh and since they have so few insurance companies down there that uh it's it's going to be interesting 
Well, I'll give you one example that I had I had pictures of in front of my mug last week. Uh, lady, um, friend of the friend of well, actually my in-laws. Uh, she had a place, and uh, they uh, it's a, it's got to be a twelve-story condo, you know, across the street somewhere in Fort Myers Beach. Well, the the flood comes in and grabs the cars in the parking lot. In the parking lot, the cars are banging into the building. So it, it's sort of to be determined whether the building is able to be fixed structurally or not. I mean, right now you can't go in there. So after you know a week in Florida with the humidity and everything else, everything in your in your place is wet. So none of it's any good, right? So now the question is, either that place may either have to come down or not. But uh, clearly, the insurance company is going to say it's 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 water. It's not wind even though the winds would picked up the cars and wung them into the place. But, mm. uh, so a lot of it's, if it's water damage, it's not the same as wind damage, correct? That is correct. And you have two different types. You have not only your homeowner's policy, you have your flood policy, and you have your wind policy in Florida. Now, flood is, but Florida is not a flood plain like in Illinois where if you're across the street from a creek, right? It's not the same. And it, no, they, f- most of Florida is because it's a swamp. Uh, so... So the entire state of Florida, you're buying that flood insurance. You buy that from the Fed, right? Not your insurance company. Generally, you can. It's cheaper. You can buy it from the Fed from FEMA. Yes. Well, I mean, uh, like if Rodney does a place here, and you're in a floodplain. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, and, and in a floodplain, that's it's got to be on the listing agreement. And yes. and if you're going to go to the mortgager, they're going to want flood insurance from someplace. They're not going to give you the mortgage, and that's probably going to be separate from your Allstate or State Farm. It's going to be with FEMA, right? Most likely, unless, uh, well, Allstate wouldn't do it in, in, in Florida, but most likely the answer is yes. You buy that policy separately. Okay. And, uh, and that's, I mean, those, are, those are Illinois flood plains. You're saying in Florida, the whole damn state's basically a flood plain. Pretty much. There are some areas in Florida that are not considered flood plains, but uh, not a lot because uh, m- most of Florida... You know, if the tide gets high enough, as we found out, can get flooded very easily. Yep. You know. Well, that's uh, what happened with this thing. It hit at high tide, right? Yes. All right, yeah. well, one quick question, and we'll let you go. We'll let Greg drop down. What what, uh, what, what, what was the aftermath? I should have prepared you for this. What was the aftermath of the, of the Houston fiasco, where they got the, the nine inches of rain and the whole area flooded that never – I'm going to say that that was not – and that was not a designated floodplain, or a lot of it wasn't. What happens there? People are just bleep out of luck? Yep. So then what happens in a mortgage? Well, what happens in the mortgage is on the homeowner's side, you hope that it'll pay off. If they don't have flood insurance, it depends. I mean, if the mortgage company says, well, no, that's flood damage, I don't cover it, then the mortgage company pretty much is out of luck because you, the, the, you know, so they didn't. Re- they didn't. Re- they require you to have insurance. If it's in a floodplain, they require flood insurance. If it's not in a floodplain, you get flooded. Everybody's pretty much skunked. Pretty much, yes. I mean, it depends. The the homeowner's policy will pay for certain stuff, but you won't get a full payout. That's the problem because they're going to claim the flood did the majority of the damage, and that's not covered. Well, in that case, the flood did all the damage. Pretty much. The rain, yeah. It's a. Anyway, uh, you want you want to head out, or you want to stick around with Greg for a little bit? I think I, I could stick around for a few moments. All right, we'll do that. SP futures down seven. Nasdaq futures down thirty three. Be right back. Stocks and jacks. 
This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. Well, we're back to Action Jacks. I'm Tom Howes. The first time before COVID, we had three people in the office. We have Sir Greg Pappas, we have Jim Waller, we have Matt Byrne on the board. SB Futures down 8, NASDAQ Futures down 39. I'm going to say that's Credence Clearwater, and I'm going to say I saw them oh, at, wow. at the International Amphitheater of all places. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I bring them up because uh, I don't know if you saw that full moon this morning, but it was something pretty spooky out there. I don't know if it's a bad moon, but it's certainly it's the harvest, something. It's the harvest moon. The harvest moon, yeah. Neil uh, Young one might, might have been more appropriate then. Like uh, it's hard to find these days. Oh, yeah. But, uh, no, Credence was good. <laughs> they oh, were definitely. International, you guys even remember that place? Mm, not me. Uh, no. no, you. you gone, gone, it was <laughs> down before before Matt, I think. Yeah. Jimmy, you probably remember it. Yes, I do. You know who uh, who played there when they first started? No, I don't. Dumpos. First year or two they were there. We used to go to the games. My stepfather used to get tickets, and we'd go to the games. The Bulls played there, is that right? Yeah, like wow. their first year. They beat 
the first time they beat uh, uh, the Celtics with Bill Russell. Of course, he was up, up in years, but uh, they beat the Celtics. The place went nuts. Wow. It was right. It was it. It was right by the stackyards. And uh, you know, yeah, it was a. Uh, and there was a there was a hotel there, the Stackyard Inn. Mm. And if you had, there was one spot where you get five seats together with a table. And you got all the sandwiches and stuff you wanted from the stockyard in. It was pretty pretty cool. It was like it was like the the poor man's skybox back in the day. <laughs> so anyway, so Greg, what uh, what about the sports this weekend? Are you would uh, only only uh, one or the baseball series went three games. You find guys find that out? I did. I was I was uh, knee deep or eyes deep in fantasy football. Uh, had a lot of injury problems, so I was focused on uh, NFL red zone and even turned on some of the Bears. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, so it was. It was are, are uh, you a, a roller coaster. Are you the relatively sane football? Or are you the ones like uh, Thomas was in, where it's like an eight-hour draft and you draft defensive players too and everything like that? So ours is right in the middle. It was. It was a solid three. So, so you have one defense and you have like one, one kicker. defense, one kicker. Okay, so that's that's somewhat normal. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the other ones are where you de- where you're. With the defensive guys, it's tackles and interceptions and all that. And there's uh, all sorts of uh, fun stuff like auction drafts and and the daily fantasy you can do leagues with. Do people need a life or what? People need something to bet on. So if you're not rich enough to do the stock market, you could probably jump in on uh, a whole bunch of sports bets on FanDuel. Um, Or DraftKings. Or maybe if the people who actually are smarter, probably they realize they're not going to win in the stock market, and they just jump in on DraftKings for <laughs> for the hell. So of how it. long is this going to last? I mean, because we we had money dries up. <laughs> we had horse racing for a while, then we had casinos, then we had off track betting, and we got. Oh, this is the latest iteration of gambling is going to save us all. Yeah, as I understand it, this is a huge reason why the Bears left too. They weren't able to control the the gaming associated with the new stadium. Um, well, the, the, the idea gambling. that you're going to get it, you're, that you're going to get a casino is part of the deal. I mean, I don't know why you would, anybody would ever think that, but it appears that that's what people are. Let me, let me get the, other than having the. Uh, well, you guys are, are, are sports bleeps. Uh, Someone said that was like ten million a year or something. Or, or explain to me exactly, as a guy who tries to go through the math on this stuff. Um, you're not get the, in horse races, racing. The, the state actually got a piece of the bet. You paid eighty five percent out to the winner, and I think the state got six, and the, and the and the track got nine or something like that. Got to pay for the license somehow. Yeah, well, what I'm saying, out of the nine came the the uh, you know the prize money and all other kind of stuff. But now, the the state is no part of the bet in any of the sports gambling. I mean, the 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 the, the ratios haven't changed. Your bookie, Vegas, everybody's it's eleven to ten. You put up one hundred and ten bucks to win a hundred, right? Yeah, best spread. I mean, it's way bigger than our spreads, right? Well, well, my my, my point is, the the state's not getting a part of that. So all they're getting is a part of the quote profits, or I guess if there's a license fee, if it's a casino, they can charge a casino up up the wazoo for for uh, you know for the license fee and for that kind of stuff. But for a gambling place, how exactly if, if the if the handle doubles tomorrow? How does the state, other than hoping the guy, the, the the gambling place, that FanDuel makes money and shows the profit in Illinois, what does the state get out of it? I mean, I mean this whole idea, I don't, I don't see where they're getting the dough. It's not like if, if horse, if the betting at the horse track tripled, that I get. You know, but uh, 
But I, but I don't see how if betting here doubles, how does the state revenue double? The revenue would double on everything else that they sell there, right? So if you bring people into the sports book, you have you have all the associated uh, drinks. So we're gonna have we're gonna make these things like off track betting, but for for uh, they're essentially a a sports casino. Yeah, that was my understanding of the plan in Arlington Heights gave the Bears way more flexibility for what they what they could do with uh, the gaming and yeah, I guess off track betting, like you're saying. Well, so it's, Jimmy, you've been there one by by Wrigley. What what does it look like there? Is it just a counter or what? It's not even completed yet, but DraftKings is building a facility right next to the stadium, two floors. I mean, when you say next to. Uh, well, it used to be what was the Captain Mortgage Lounge. It's now going to be a two-story thing attached to the DraftKings, whatever it's going to be called by DraftKings. Oh, so Captain Mortgage is now going to be two-story. It is. Okay, it used to be just on the street the last time I went Right, it, it was on the street. It's now two stories. There is a DraftKings across the street on Clark. I just think that DraftKings was the killer of the office football pool because no one does it anymore. Yeah. Right, so so I walk into the, quote, DraftKings, what do I get? There's just a counter? I can look like Caesars? I believe so, yes. I, I haven't been in You can look in, in with the app before you even walk in. Yeah, so what, what do I need to walk in? Uh, so there's a counter there? You can watch the Bears game on your phone. Okay, so, but I can, I can walk in, and if I wanted to be a Luddite like I am, if I actually wanted to bet on the Bears or the, or the Cubs, I would put up my 110 bucks like I would in Caesars, and i get a receipt, and nobody knows I made the bet. I could do that cash there? I believe so. I know, like Greg, going to the game, most people are on their phones making their bets right then and there. Live time, whether someone gets a hit, someone strike out, a fly out, this or that, the bets are varying and people are on the phone. They get even more uh, specialized as you get the opportunity to go in-game <laughs> it's you know, fly out, strike out, or you know, interception, uh, defensive recovery, or whatever it is, you can do it inside. But now th- those bets for for somebody who's actually made a science of gambling when I was young, I used to read all these gambling books. I was always loved all this stuff. Uh, you're out of your freaking mind. What 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 is what is the uh, the edge on a? You have horrible edge. The edge is negative ten. No, no, I'm saying I'm, I'm, that's what I'm getting. On a, on a regular bet, like I might do, it's it's 110 to 10. What's what's the odds on a guy getting a hit on the next on the next pitch? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't know how to price it, but I'd imagine. I'm it saying would. those gimmick bet. You'll lose on those. Right. That's those are like. I mean, if anybody, I mean, if you don't, if you have half a brain, I'm not insulting anybody. I hope, but if you walk in at the beginning of the year and you look at like the Cubs to win the World Series. Right, they're going to be like 400 to 1 or something, or 200 to 1. If anybody were to add those up and realize that if you bet on every team how much you're going to lose, I mean, wh- I mean what's wrong That's with that? That's not you? the point. It's just the entertainment value. Well, but you I'm know, saying you're, you're paying you're, for that that feeling of, hey, maybe my team's going to do it, yeah, but maybe it, it's going to be great. I, I'm just, okay, but I'm, what I'm saying is you have to realize what a horrendous bet it is. Yeah, and you just... Do okay, it because so you, you're emotionally attached to your team. You're emotionally attached to. Well, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm one of those guys that if I if I bet on somebody getting a hit this time up. Now, if he's a three thirty three hitter, which not many people are, 
uh, and you take out the walks. Now, if you get a get a, it's a walk, you lost, right? That could yeah. be a push. I don't know, but I'm saying I, I've never done it. So, or if you put the walks in there, it, it, it's not going to pay me three to one. What's it going to pay? Two to one? I want to sign five, up for five. this right now and see if I can. Yeah, what's it going to be? What's it going to pay? Two to one? Two and a half? <laughs> it's it's going to be probably what two to one. Well, so if a guy's betting two hundred, he's got a one in five chance. I bet the I bet the bet's three to one. Yeah, it's going to be somewhere in between what the the stats say and what the vig is, right? Well, what I'm what, I, what I'm getting to. It's sort of like the crap table. I've been trying to talk to Jimmy about the gimmick bets are way better for the house for than the a house regular because they're because nobody can figure them out. I mean, and, and plus they're. I mean, the last thing you want to do is bet a parlay. Card. And not to mention, there's a lot more instances. Yeah. So <laughs> even if it, it, in theory, it could be worse, that it would still be better for them. Well, it's like a crap table. If you're gonna put five bucks down, put it on a pass line. Don't put it on hard twelve. But that's not fun. <laughs> yeah, because he he wants the wood fifteen to one or a hard twelve play. Right. Yeah, well, so what is hard 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 twelve is a one in thirty six chance, right? How many? How many? Six. There's six six, six so sides of the of the dice. dice. So well, what's the chance of getting what's one of thirty six? There's thirty six combinations. Yeah. Right. So it's one. And what what does it pay? Thirty one. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it's, so it's nowhere near the pass line. So what I'm saying is, once you start doing these. What's the next pitch going to be? They're they're not paying one out. Of, they're not paying one to one. No, they're they're paying. Well, they should be paying less. I mean, eventually, if there's probably more competition, you would you would think it goes down. But if you get if you get more of those and you get paid out more on per, it's just. Well, I, I guess my I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lob this one out there and I boy, Jimmy, I'm politically incorrect here. If if you go no. in, if you go into the the gas station today, you're going to find somebody uh, buying the the instant lotto's, right? Now the odds of those are way worse than the regular lotto. Somebody told me if you drop like, what was it? There's some liquid that you could put on them to have the oh the god dis- disappear. Well, we we had somebody on the show. I mentioned this last week. If, if say there's hundred thousand tickets in this particular one, I didn't realize those things were like twenty and thirty bucks. They're not they're not a dollar or two like a regular lotto. No. Yeah. So the the guy comes in and Kathy got him and he wrote a book about how crooked these lotteries are. So say there's a hundred thousand tickets and there's thirty big winners, which is probably a lot. Well if if the uh the thirty big winners come out in the first ten thousand tickets and you got ninety left they sell all the other ninety, telling you that. The, the, oh no! Well, get, but it gets worse. If they sell ninety and, and like only one or two of the winners come out, they pull the rest of the game. So there's no chance. So, well, well, I mean, <laughs> if, if if one comes out, like every every ten thousand, I mean, how do these know. people sleep at night? Yeah, well, it's, it's that, that's your government at work. <laughs> but so yeah, the guy goes, yeah. If 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 there's if all of a sudden half of them are are sold. And only two of the winners, two of the twenty winners, come out. They pull the rest of the game. Wow! Or if if the winners do come out, they keep selling it until you're thinking that they're still in there. Man, <laughs> <laughs> not, not even not even you guys would think of this, Jimmy. What do you think? <laughs> nope. It's uh, so anyway. What who, who do we like in the baseball? I mean, the, the Guardians. Did, did you see the, uh, the the play there? The inning before we, you know, people that don't. Uh, understand a lot about baseball. There's, there's so many nuances to it. Same way to softball. I mean, you can be really a dumb baseball player, 
Well, this one guy, he's up in the, uh, in the, uh, I think it was the top of the, f- the, the, for those that don't know, the game went 15 innings, and the Indians won on a walk-off, Indians, oops, Guardians won on a walk-off home run on, on the 15th. And uh, in the top, either the top of that inning or the 14th, Tampa Bay's got, uh, it's Tampa Bay, right, they played? The, Tampa Bay's uh, got some guy up, there's a man at first base. So the guy heads for second. He's got this thing, Stone Cold. He's like standing on second. What do you think the batter does? Uh, slight lead. I don't Sw- know. Swings and hits a foul ball. After the guy was like, the announcer's going, he didn't just do that. <laughs> the guy at second base is furious, the, the base runner. He's like, what is with this moron? I was, <laughs> I was already here. Yeah, because the guy like the, the count was like two and all. So we oh, had like no. So, s- you, <laughs> so, so you're supposed to take the strike anyway. Oh god, yeah. Oh, the guy's man. got the. So then, guess what? He suppose happens. He's going to be on the. Bench the guy gets a hit. Game. Oh. So now the now there's men on first and third with like one out, and they don't <laughs> score. And <laughs> they don't score. And then the guy hits the home run, and they lose. <laughs> all because one guy didn't know what the count was. Well, he just, the, he just never you thought. You should never, know. Do the batters so know if they're stealing? I don't know if the batters. Well, you oh, can yes, see him. You can see him. You can him. see him, yeah. That's Especially if you're right-handed the ba- batter. The batter should be getting a signal from the bench saying that the steal is yeah, off. Yeah, take the pitch. Well, no, you don't necessarily, but but you're supposed to have some sort of a a sense of, of, of whether the guy got a good jump. Evidently, the pitcher never even looked at him, so the guy was like he was just gone. Man, and uh, so they, you know, it cost them. Well, man, they might have lost anyway, but it kind of cost them the game. So much for yeah. That that was not a professional play. They no, but these guys do dumb stuff all the time. There's really a lot more to baseball than, than sort of beats the eye. You know, a lot of it's, it's much more complex than people give it. You know, but the first game, like that, banging the drum and expecting a curveball versus yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, all right, so. While you're here, what's going on in the commodity world? Jimmy, feel free to prime. Uh, Everything is up world. this morning. Commodity world went a little nuts. Uh, as you know, the the Russians launched a whole bunch of missiles. I think it was 70-something at Kiev. Uh, yeah. Not, you know, uh, well, maybe it was yesterday, but overnight, uh, I think on Saturday. And the grains, at least, got spooked a bunch. So right now in wheat, we were up about 40 cents. Beans are up 30 cents. So that, in my opinion, spooked the market a little bit. Um, And as we know, good news is bad news now. So everybody's expecting more rate hikes. So it's it's a roller coaster. And what happens is... (laughs) What happens is entirely driven by emotion. If you try to assign numbers to these things, it's it's not going to work. Well, it's really it's really bizarre that the the Russians feel like that their property is sacred in a war. Well, they're blowing up. <laughs> they're blowing doing up their the best bridge. to level uh, level the city. Yeah, I mean, well, because that's those guys blew up a bridge in uh, the only bridge from the Crimea to Russia. They blew up, right? Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So the bridge and. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people, there's there's speculation that I think the Americans kind of, uh, we or the Ukrainians blew up that pipeline. But knowing kind of a little bit more th- about pipelines than the average person, that could have very well been an accident. I mean, when you stop the flow of those uh, that oil. Well, it's gas, right? Uh, it's a natural gas pipeline. Yeah. yeah. The, when you stop the flow 
it plugs. And when you plug, any that just increases your your chance of... Well, which pipeline? I thought it was the pipeline that hadn't been turned on yet. The number two pipeline that uh, Biden said he wouldn't, he wasn't going to let turn, wasn't going to let it turn on. Oh, I thought it was Nord Stream one. Oh, okay. I mean, we'll have to because next, next week there we'll was have gas a, in it. Okay, next week we'll have a, the report on that because it was it's the it's the one. I I'm assuming because there was gas in it that. Did it you was, hear any uh, read anything about if they wanted to fix it? What the fix is? Yeah, if you want to fix it. Oh wait, I'm talking about as soon as you turn it off, then you have problems inside the, the right the pipe so at that point everything becomes very complex in terms of maintenance and in terms of turning it back on if you want to so if if you have to do it from both sides and the germans and the russians are doing different things and you try to do it from one side maybe you know that that just that that could easily make it uh unstable and you get a a a hole blown in there because to turn it back on, it really takes like a week, I think. Well, to, now with the hole right from both sides. So, what's the fix on the holes? The fix on the holes, you know, I I, I don't know, but it's 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 months. It's a, yeah, it could be. We haven't seen, or I haven't seen, like the damage report. So okay, it's not just as simple as like clamping and and. Uh, know how you do with regular pipes you can't just clamp it and, and, and pull a piece out and put a right, piece in yeah. yeah it's a what well, it is what 300 feet down right mm-hmm. which isn't i guess for those guys it seems like a long way for me but it, it for those guys that's not real deep no you could do it uh with just some extra scuba gear if you're if you will and i could really want but, yeah well salvage you could deep salvage. yeah deep salvage stuff so um we've got can you explain why uh even though our bob is under three dollars why the uh, price of gas in Chicago is up 70 cents in two weeks. Well, if you ask Gavin Newsom, it's because of the greedy oil companies, and they're going after him. Uh, there was well, that tweet is this because of that fire in Hammond or something? What? Did, there's got to be some reason. Oh, that was a while ago. No, yeah, I thought it was too. No, but I mean they're they're way there up. There was something in California I, too. Refineries were down. Yeah, the the whole processing of our crude oil in the Midwest and the jet fuel in the Midwest is is in Hammond or not Hammond uh, well there's Whiting. one in Bolingbrook there's one Whiting. there's one down in Joliet there's a couple there's a few yeah but if you want jet fuel at uh, at O'Hare you're going to the Hammond Odiamico right. yeah well BP no I'm yeah. showing my age it's not standard oil anymore it's not Amico it's now BP it's now BP yeah but I mean normally what's the spread on a uh, tank to uh or pumped our bop in 90 Ooh. cents? I don't know. I could t- I could do that with grains in the Mississippi, but I don't know if I can do that with... Which, with, uh, which again, also, there's more problems. If you thought the train problems were enough, you were, you were wrong. Now the Mississippi's so low. I think it went from, what, 16 feet to, like, 3. So the barges were getting stuck. They're, they're working on... They got some rain, and they were working on clearing them uh, these past day and a half. But Remember there's still the, uh, 900 ships lined up, and, like... Memphis and uh, and well, remember the uh, the last time this happened? Was, was the Mississippi go down? It like went. That? It went this far down. They were they were showing rocks they hadn't shown in like years. Was it like six months later? They had the most massive flood they ever had down south. Yeah. So so now there is rain in the forecast this week, and they do think they're going to get it get those levels. I don't know if it'll be you know. Remember that story? There, like there, there was so much. Mississippi was overflowing so much. That they thought New Orleans was like a goner, <laughs> but 
evidently, I don't know, Jimmy, if you knew, back in the 30s, they put a, a, a safety valve. There's, there's like another way that the Mississippi can get to the Gulf, other than New Orleans. And it's, and it's yeah, like, through you know, Baton Rouge. It's like, what's it, like 50 miles up city, up, up river? Mm-hmm. And, and, and those things had never been used to the point where people in the, in the essentially other riverbed actually had houses and stuff. Oh, Because nice. it, it was in 80 years it had never been used. So all of a sudden they had to open those things up and they still worked. So they essentially drained the Mississippi through this alternate route to the sea and, and saved New Orleans and all the things downriver. But you didn't save those people. They're, 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 they're well, those people... I think they, they were able to get out of their there. Bed. Yeah, they made their bed as soon as they decided... Well, 80 years is a while. Yeah. For... But it's never... That's why I'd never say never, you know. It's a <laughs> anyway, so... I, I have a specific right. question for you. There are all these delivery places, um, and you do the, the crush. Now, explain what, what the crush is again. The crush is the difference between the products and the price of the soybeans so from the soybeans you make uh, soybean meal animal feed and soybean oil uh, salad dressing and the beans are the input so if you gave me you know a few pounds of beans I could crush it and make soybean meal and soybean oil and I would uh, sell that soybean oil and soybean meal and the difference between my input cost and my my sold products is the crush spread okay so the the thing that causes the the grain markets and the the futures markets to work is at the end of the day that would cause this, the cash price to come to the futures price is if you have to you can deliver correct yes we have physical delivery if you have if you have long or short contracts at the end of the expiration you start dealing with the exchange about delivering and taking deliver delivery you okay need to tell but them where you want it and <laughs> so is there is there delivery of the meal and the oil as well? Yeah, you take delivery. Of like a tanker full of oil, basically? Uh, it would be 60,000 pounds is the... Oh, that's a tanker. <laughs> of the, yeah, of soybean oil and 100 short tons of soybean meal are the uh, one contract. When people look at these, when, as the listeners, if you listen to these, look at these numbers and you say, what the hell? The numbers always are almost always a railroad car full, right? Yeah, so those are the easiest increments as that line up with one contract of beans. So the 5,000 bushels of beans roughly yield the, the, um, the contract of meal and contract of oil. Yeah, but it's also it's one railroad car. Yeah, how big's your car or how big's the ship? Well, 5,000 bushels is pretty much a car, a yeah. covered hopper car. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Uh, S&P Futures down 7, NASDAQ Futures down 39. Uh, we'll be right back. Stocks and Jackson with, with uh, Ms. Nancy. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading 
investing ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. When it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels, everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates and a good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Have a few drinks and, you know, drive home. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen, Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures down 5, Nasdaq Futures down 32. Uh, way better than we came in, but still not exactly the bounce you're looking for after Friday's debacle. Uh, over in Asia, we've got Nikkei down 195.7%, Shanghai down 50, that's 1.7. Hang Seng, another 523, another 3%. Uh, I mean, those guys uh, in, 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 the, in the dumper, really. I mean, they, let me take a second here and get the... I'll get the. I'll, get, I'll, I'll have the tomorrow. I'll get the graph, uh, graph for the thing. The uh, over in Europe, we've got the uh, DAX is up 74.6 percent. FTSE down 21.3 percent. CAC run down three. Call that flat. So those guys are pretty much hugging the flat line, except for the DAX up a little bit. 
uh, as a way of review, a nasty review of Friday. Dow down 630, S&P down 104, NASDAQ down 420. We did our best to give away Monday, Tuesday were the two biggest days I've seen in forever. And maybe uh, Greg, maybe my brother is uh, – is correct when it says you never see a 3% rally in a bull market, yeah. which is, <laughs> I, I won't say never, but he's probably very right about that. That's what we call the face ripper rally. Yes. <laughs> uh, U.S. 10-year up six basis points, 3.89. Uh, the bond up two basis points, 2.21, well back over 2%. So they had a big run-up in the interest last week, interest rates. Uh, Japan unchanged at 0.25 as they're continuing to manipulate theirs. Uh, oil down 34 cents, but still over 90, 92.30. Rent down forty cents, ninety-seven fifty-two. Natural gas unchanged, six seventy-three. But uh, people's fears of it being ten bucks going to the winter, uh, those fears are at least gone for a while because we're nowhere near to nine, nine something we were three, four weeks ago. Our Bob down two cents, two seventy-one. So it looks like I got to go to New Jersey to fill up the the, uh, the truck. What do you think, Greg? Is it's five hours here? Yeah, it's gonna, it it's looks gonna, like it's going to stay there, right? Yeah, I know. Gold down twenty-four bucks as the dollar is strengthening. Uh, 1684, silver down 36 cents, 1989, copper up 6 cents, 345. We've got uh, Bitcoin down 90, 19,372, so not that far away from the worry range. And again, as we talked about, the dollar uh, basically is up again as the as the euro is down to 0.97 to the dollar, and the pound is down to 1.10. Both of them getting whack, whack, whack. Uh, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Hey, good morning. It's currently 7.34 a.m. on Monday, October 10th, 2022. Uh, more on that police activity at the Kennedy this morning. Express lanes closed on the westbound on the Kennedy between Ohio Street, exit 50B, and the I-90, I-94 western split. Heavy but short traffic until South Union Avenue. Other, th- other than that, uh, traffic pretty light this morning in the city. Now for weather in Chicago, uh, pretty clear this morning, Look, looking pretty nice out there. Uh, we're currently at 48 degrees, a high of 74, and a low of 48 degrees. In Phoenix, though, clear skies, currently 69 degrees, a high of 91, and a low of 69. The MLB yesterday, playoffs, started last Friday, October 7th. Yesterday, though, we saw San Diego Padres at New York Mets. San, Di- San Diego won 6 to nothing. Uh, playoffs back on Tuesday night. Yesterday in the NFL, end of week five in the 2022 season, Cardinals lost to Eagles 20-17, New York Giants beat Packers 27-22, and the Bears lost to Minnesota Vikings 29-22. This is the Bears' second loss in a row. Uh, Bears currently stand at two wins and three losses this season. All for now, back to you, Chief. Dub Bears. Do we have Nancy? <laughs> we do indeed. Yes, we do. Hey, how are you? You're, you're here with me and with... Uh, Good, Gre- how are you? All right, Greg Pappas has, has hung around. We get, it's nice to have people in the uh, studio. Interesting morning here, and that's after we were listening, but uh, Jimmy was kind of regaling us of what happens to mortgages after after Audrey, after Nancy. Uh, and it was pretty interesting stuff, uh, how those things all get services when people don't pay and the differences in all the different states and stuff. Uh, and a good year, you don't get involved in any of that, right? <laughs> hopefully, yeah, yeah. Hopefully not. I was kind of surprised when he was... Uh, Mentioning that now they don't, they don't. You can't sell the loan right away. There's got to be like one or two payments before you can sell it. Uh, it's got to be six months. Oh, is that much? Okay. I mean, is it six? It's six months. It's one or two months before we can sell it on, but then it's six months before you can pay it off. Oh, okay, yeah, because he was talking about when you could sell it off. Because uh, I, I didn't think that. Yeah. I didn't even think that that uh, the mortgage, the people that did the mortgage, took title to it at all, but evidently you do, right? For a little while. For a little while, yes. Um, yes, that is correct. 
Why the? Uh, Does he know why that is? Well, because people were dumping them real early before, and people weren't even making the first payment. Well, so there's a there's a okay. what's the act? We, uh, Jimmy mentioned the act. It's a it was it was actually a, a, a law, right? It's part of a. He, he there? Mm. He, no, he, he. What do you say the act was, Manny? Uh, it was I don't know. He. We'll have to oh man, I'll catch it. Yeah, but he, he mentioned whatever some something act uh, of of whatever many years that changed, where you can't sell it on the okay. F- so Thursday. he's saying that you have to at least keep it a month or two. Yeah, it's like one one or okay. two payments. And that is happening. I mean, it's it's I see it, and I could not understand why because we used to be able to sell them directly, immediately. So. Well. Uh, evidently, Wait, now, evidently now you, you have better info for me. Yeah, well, like evidently, I mean, you do, but, uh, but he said, like, if Lakeside Bank pops out with a mortgage, they actually have to come up with the money on day one. Lakeside Bank does. And then they, they can sell it. So do I. Yeah. So, and then, uh, yeah. Well, wasn't there a time where you didn't even have to do that? You could sell it like, instantly, right? Or, or was you always have to do it for a little while? It depends. It depends if you are a correspondent or a banker. Okay. Here's a question. That's what it depends when, on. When when I pay my mortgage, does it go to a servicer account or does it go to a uh, the holder of the securities account, the holder of the? Okay. In the end, there's five people that that are hold them. That's VA, FHA, Fannie Mac. I mean, Friday Mac, Fannie Mae, or um, Wall Street, okay, or a private bank. So if you're in the last two, um, all of them, in fact, have servicers. That's it. You always pay the servicer, and then the servicer pays the other guy. And they get a little piece, because that's what Jimmy's firm does. They get a little yeah. something. Mm-hmm. I was surprised, though, yeah. Nancy. He said that they, once they... Uh, they they grab up a group of uh, non-performing loans. Say it's they have nobody's paid for two months or three months. Then people just package those up and sell them to another guy, and they pay like one number, seventy cents on the buck for the for those things. I I didn't know that had, that was going on. Evidently, it does, huh? Depends who the end. It depends who the, who owns them on those bottom the bottom rung. Definitely okay. on Fannie, and they definitely on Wall Street. Yes. Um, Fannie has to pull them out of whatever bond package they had them in. And they'll try and work with the people directly. Okay. Um, if it's a, yeah, it's not, it's not as simple as that, but it, it, it does, that does in the end happen. Wait, what, a, what an interesting but world, they, huh? They, they, right, and then they, they take that and they group them together, and he's correct. They sell them at least like 50 cents on the dollar, something like that. Well, you know, it's always fascinating, Nancy, because you know I have an insatiable curiosity toward this stuff, but in my business, I mean, if somebody sits down and, and basically, you know, thinks they know it all, they, they probably know, you know, next to nothing compared to, you know, what somebody who's been in the business forever. And the same thing in your business. I mean, I find all this absolutely fascinating, how these how these things change hands and all the, essentially the markets, and the, it's like a whole shadow world. I mean, it, uh, you would never even really know it exists. You just send your check-in and... I guess if you're somewhat observant and you find out that after you get your mortgage, after two years, you're, you're sending it to the third place, you get some kind of a clue that the stuff's being shoved around a little bit. But nobody really has any idea of, of the whole 
back world of what goes on is like Jimmy and these guys do, and, and, and you do on the front end. I say it's kind of interesting. You bring it to point A, and then his group <laughs> kind of takes care of it after that. What what are you having any? Do you have any issues with the Florida thing? Do you? Have, I assume. I, mean, I don't know. Do you do mortgages down there, or have you? I have, and the the biggest concentration of the Florida problems right now are, from my standpoint, <clears throat> is that any open loans you have, it, everything that's been done has to kind of be redone. It has to be reinspected, and obviously, if nothing's wrong, then nothing's wrong. But if something's wrong. That leaves the door open to, you know, the deal was not the deal. And then how do we get the financing fixed and all that other stuff? Well, what, what happens if... Uh, uh, people walk out. My, I was, when I was mentioning that, uh, well, you know, for Audrey to do a listing, okay, and if it, in Illinois, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, whether they should go back and review all this stuff, I don't know, but let, let's say you, you're, you're buying, out like Audrey's house, for instance. There's a creek that runs behind her, right? But the thing is, it's so wide, and there's no flow. I don't. And her house is, you know, 50 feet higher. She's technically not in a blood a floodplain, correct? So, if if you were doing well, uh, nobody usually nobody in Cook County is in a floodplain. So, there you go. Uh, well, I'm not so sure about that. I think well, the, very very few people. Yeah, but I think the people like across the street to Tinley Creek and stuff are. I think the people near the Little Calumet are. Um, don't know. You maybe haven't bumped into those yet, but, but I guess what I'm saying, if you are, then then <laughs> she has to put on a listing agreement, and you certainly know about it when you're doing the mortgage, correct? And uh, and everybody gets every mortgage gets checked for a floodplain. Yeah, and so now that's a se- that is separate insurance with FEMA, or do you just is that an add-on to your State Farm? I'm guessing it's with FEMA, right? No. With FEMA. It's with FEMA, right? It's with FEMA. Yes, it is. And people, the only way people don't have to pay it is if they do not have a mortgage on the property. Right. So if you say, I'm on my own and pay cash, you can do whatever you want. Correct. But then if you, if the, if it floods, you're also on your own for the cleanup. And there's no insurance for you. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I'm saying you take the chance, you take the chance. But what happens uh, if, if, the one I always... I guess I don't know this, Nancy might know just I think totally better than me. When they had that nine inches of rain in Houston and they had that massive flood in an area, I'm gonna say that was not a floodplain. So people probably didn't have flood insurance. Then what happens? You have to pay it on your own. Right, so your state farm doesn't cover it and your place is a mess if if even habitable. And so at the very least you're you're ripping everything out down to the studs because they're mold and everything. But if or worse, or you just gotta you know, knock the place down, right? So that's all on you. And the mortgage says, you know, I I don't care. You didn't get it. It's not on us. Even though they didn't, but they're gonna require homeowners insurance, correct? Everyone has to have homeowners insurance if you have a mortgage. All right. And it will be forced placed if you do not carry it. But I mean, if you're, or the mortgage company will carry it. Right. Though you guys will carry it, right? They'll make you pay for it. Oh, I mean, uh, Correct. Okay. Well, it, it, it's 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 a complicated world now. What when you have you ever seen other than way back and you're you're not old enough, but other than way way back, this three percent to six and a half percent in six months, this has to be driving you nuts. 
for in terms of your people. Yeah, it, it's just like, yeah, I mean, I, I, isn't everybody going nuts about something? I mean, it's not working out well. Someone told me yesterday they were paying $5 again for a gallon of gas, which I didn't even realize that. Well, it's up to 470 I paid 415 the last time I, I filled. Well, it was 458 yesterday at the Myers, but down in the city here it's 550 easy. Even though our bob is so, under is under three bucks. <coughs> Speaking well, of which, the person took it and said, "Well, what am I going to pay this winter in, in gas fees?" And it just it just goes on and on and on and on. Well, you know, natural gas is under seven dollars now again, from being nine something. It's way down. It's inflation is transitory, guys. I don't. It's know. it's. Greg says it's transitory, Nance. Uh, I, I don't know. I I only listen to the Federal Reserve. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> 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 A little comic. <laughs> So, uh, Nance, I'm happy to hear you this morning because I thought maybe you, you reached for the short sword with your bears yesterday. Listen, there was Notre Dame the night before. That was a good thing. Yeah, but I, I, uh, I, I, I can't believe that, those, that they wore those uniforms. Just saying. Who, what uniform? The Irish. I didn't understand that at all. <laughs> well, the deal is, is see, you know... Nancy, you, you got to you got to think greedier. You got to be like Greg. You got to think greedier. There we the, go. Yeah, uh, the this 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 is called uh, what the hell's the name of this? The Irish something something. Greg, the the Irish classic series. There's the Shamrock. Yeah, the Shamrock. Where you, one of the home games is now away every year in this other other part of the country to try and so yesterday or Saturday's was in Las Vegas. And it gets them another way to get a a night game. Okay. So they played BYU there. It's just like when they played Wisconsin in Soldier Field. Was it two years ago? They were supposed to play, play Wisconsin in Lambeau. Then it got called off because of the COVID. That's, and I think they're going to do that okay. now next year or something. But Under Armour, who is the big uniform sponsor from Notre Dame, gets to, gets to show up with a new uniform that they can then put in the bookstore. You know, because people get tired of buying just blue and once in a while the green and the white, right? you got to have another color or two. How many of the Blackhawks have? Like five colors? Because you, you know you get tired of buying the same one for 150. Do you remember bucks. when they they released the black yeah. alternate in I think it was the 90s with the Hawks yeah. uniforms? Those went those went like hot. Oh, cakes. they they were like hotcakes. Yeah. Well, the Bears with the orange. Hmm. I mean, I don't. I mean, I go back to watching the Bears. I don't want to say when I started watching the idiots. I'm going to say I was very young because my uncles were all into it. I never saw them in orange all the way back to the late 50s. And here they are. They got an orange jersey, right? In in general, I think. The Twitter reaction to the Notre Dame uniforms was pretty positive. So oh I think God! They, I think they did. Uh, you couldn't put those on me if I was an <laughs> altar boy. <laughs> totally bright white with like this gold gilt all over them. They were saying Art Deco. Oh, it, if if you were, Nance, if you went and got married, and the altar boys are wearing that. Would you think you're in the wrong church? Just saying. I think so, but here, I know three people that have those jerseys this year. The, the Notre Dame ones? White with the gold, and they... Oh, God. Yeah, and they think they're, they think they're fabulous. Well, if you they pay... They look nice, I guess. But I couldn't figure out how come they were in Las Vegas, so at least you explain that. Yeah, it's a, it's a Notre Dame home game, and it's in Vegas. That works when you've got a, a nationwide fan base. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why not? It's a, it's a big game for BYU. BYU, I think, was favored, weren't they? Aren't they like, weren't they like 4-0? They were, they were, yes, they were favored. Uh, the Irish played pretty well. BYU... Uh, well, maybe that's. I mean, I'm sure they. I'm, I'm sure they're pissed they lost because I think they were in the hunt for you know like undefeated or something. Um, interesting weekend. I'd, I'm surprised we had uh, Joel on Friday. Michigan all of a sudden is getting good out of 
a lot of this this transfer portal it's like a new world isn't it? everybody's got like 10 new players on their team or, or maybe not 10 but a lot so yes what are you doing right now with uh you haven't hopefully you haven't had somebody who closed on a house a year ago with you and all of a sudden got transferred and is trying to sell their place at three percent mortgage and have to go buy something at six it, it hasn't happened yet has it i hope no, it has not. <clears throat> the only thing I'm seeing are people are getting divorced. Um, why is everybody getting divorced? It seems like what, what percentage of marriages like fail now? Like eighty percent or something? Yeah, some, some huge number. That I have no idea. Might not. It's probably not eighty, but might when, be around forty. I, I think. That's I think it's probably like last. forty. Yeah. When people take mortgages, can do you have to? You don't have to do it as a as a couple, right? You can joint. Yeah, you could just be that it's got to make things easier in a divorce yes, uh, it, the person I did uh, just the last person I did unfortunately um, they had the house up for sale um, it didn't it sold twice and both deals fell through so uh, he decided to keep it and the only reason he had to refinance was to get her off the mortgage oh ouch And he, so he had to get a new rate Ouch. To get her off the mortgage? Correct. Oh God. Correct. Oh, yes. that hurts. Yes. So what's yes, his, what's his did. payment now? But like I told him, it's still it was still maybe like 150, 150, 175 was the difference. And I said, really? That's compared to what he's going through. It's inexpensive. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to guess that married couples, like 90 percent of them, are in joint tenancy, right? Married couples, honestly, God, most of them are both on the um, are both on the mortgage. That's what I mean. They're, they're joint. So, well, they're they're um, it's not, they don't they didn't take the joint. They took the um, they took a different one. But it doesn't matter because once you're on the mortgage, the only way to get off is to refinance. Wow, that's a good twist and they kept there. kept saying, "Well, I can do a modification, that's or I can do a um, talk about." Talk about setting up assumable, to and I said neither neither one's going to happen. If I mean, marriages fail at fifty percent, and then you lock people into ha- you have to refinance. Oh, that's a whole new that's a whole new arb. Oh in God! My eyes. <laughs> well, there's there's no such thing as an assumable mortgage anymore. Is there assumable? No, but they told me there was, and so oh. they and they had just refinanced in December. So I said, "Why did you do this if you weren't getting a lot?" And he said he had no idea they weren't getting along, and she just. And <laughs> the brokerage world, all all tenants in common, right? One of the two people who weren't getting along didn't know they weren't getting along. That sounds like Correct. they got divorced. Um, yeah. Well, I could say the communication wasn't that good. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> sounds like you a, know what? You never know what what happens in different. Oh God! No, no nor do you want behind to. closed doors. No, nor do you want to. I just. Uh, well, that's right. when. Did, when was the last assumable? When I was, uh, I bought my place in Beverly there back in the eighty. Back back in the late seventies, early eighties, assumable mortgages were all the rage. I mean, when when did those end? Yeah, but they're, you know, for the longest time. I mean, I I, I know at least two thousand four, two thousand five. Ever since then, I've been checking the box. Not assumable. And they happen to have their paperwork with them from the December mortgage, and um, I asked to see it, and right it says right there it's not assumable. I mean that is a part of 
the chill disclosure. So I was very surprised to hear them thinking they they had gotten advice that it was assumable. Uh, back in the day, because Illinois has this could all have changed, Nance. But I remember when I when I bought mine in Beverly, I I bought it through a trust. And my lawyer said, hey, I got a bunch of these trusts laying around. I'll just use one of the trusts. And I did. Um, if you buy it through the tr- through a trust, can't the, the next person just buy the trust? No, uh, boy, Illinois is big on land trusts, or yeah. were, was back at that time in the day. Yeah. And I bought mine that way as well. And that helped controls who owns how much. So, like for me and my husband, I own ninety percent of the house. He owns ten. Okay, but as far as the mortgage goes, the mortgage can't sign. It's got it got to the point where the the trust could no longer sign for the mortgage. And that's that's relatively they recent. That, they stopped that about ten fifteen years ago. And Illinois is one one of the few states that has land trusts in the. Uh, Wall Street doesn't understand land trust, so now you can't even close in a land trust. You have to take it out, sign individually, and then put it back in the trust. So you want a mortgage, you basically, the trust doesn't help you? Not anymore. Not in, no, not anymore. Why do we, we have to wreck everything, Nance? You would think assumable would be easier paperwork for, for the banks. I agree with you, but they... You know, they'd rather take the fees So obviously twice. everything that we did have that worked has been taken away for, you know, God only knows what reason. When you get a chance uh, to dig into Jimmy, because I hear some of these stories, I mean, he never talks out of school, but uh, it's it's astounding that they have to know, I mean, uh, you would never guess by, by, by BSing with him, but Jimmy, is, he's up on the laws in 50 different states, and they're all different. I mean, how you... How long people have to be, what kind of letters you got to send them, how you can get people out. Just in New York, it's virtually impossible to get anybody out. Um, yeah, um, that if, if if you have like four people's names on the mortgage, the answer, and, and all of a sudden it comes to foreclosure, if one of the people declares bankruptcy, that essentially gains you another two years in the bankruptcy court. And then if you come out, another one of the four can declare bankruptcy. You, you could be there for like eight years without ever paying a never paying a mortgage. Meanwhile, the the the, the, yeah. the servicer has to keep paying the taxes and the insurance because if you don't pay the taxes, somebody else can come in and swoop it out of you, right? Hmm. Can the state sell it right. out from under you if you stop paying taxes? Uh, yeah, that, that's yeah. the point. I mean, in a weird, how, do, how does explain this one to me, Nance? How does how does the the mortgager the one who owes the mortgage? How does he lo- he or she lose his lien if if the on uh, a, a tax sale? Don't you still have a lien? I mean, he says you don't in some states. I have not seen that. I mean, let's say let's say it's my house and I have a first mortgage and then I have a second mortgage and then I have a third mortgage. Okay, and let's say I die over right, and I haven't got anybody cleaning up my mess. The first mortgage no matter what, always stays in place. So whoever, so whoever, like, let's say the taxes aren't paid, any one of those four people can can buy out the first. 
So the third, the per, last person in line, let's say the third mortgage, the only way they're going to get their money back is if they buy out the second and the first, and then they get the house. So you, everybody has to buy out in an order. So if I go for a lot of times, a lot of times the third, second, and say it's just not worth it anymore. The first person says the house is dilapidated. There's rats in it, and it's going to fall down anyways. Then you can let it go for the tax sale. Right. So, but if, but if I see you, the rolls, like if I see Greg's place, and it's sitting there, and it looks like there's twenty or thirty grand of taxes in arrears, and it goes to the tax, and I and I buy it, I pay, I pay the taxes. Now you still have a chance to rectify it, but if you don't, when it, when it actually comes my turn, do I do I still have to pay off the mortgage or not? I'm thinking uh, no. One of the two. It's one of the two of you do. I mean, uh, the first mortgage. If the first mortgage people, the first mortgage people would have to buy you out. That'd be the correct way to answer the question. Right, but if they, because I mean, so you're still going to get all the interest that you're going to get all your interest and your money back. Well, because Jimmy says in, in some of the states, and again, it's you know he doesn't go into this whole routine with maybe in some states. If that's why they're 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 so making sure that the taxes are paid, that you 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 can get in front of, if you just buy the taxes and nobody thinks about it, whatever the time's up, it's your house. And and, and the mortgager gets you know. Wasn't that a strategy for a while? Yeah, certain, yeah. yeah. There, I, I've seen <laughs> I've seen people online trying to show that strategy. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. There's 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 people online, and I've heard actually a couple couple commercials on the radio. We buy t- we buy tax housing, and every once in a while we get a you know. And every we, once in a while you get a free house. You get a free house, basically. That's wild. Well, so every uh, once in a while is I mean that could be, but if you if you're a mortgager and you lose it to a tax sale, that makes then you didn't want the house, or you just have you know. Oh, it's, people it's, working for you won't be working for you. Oh, oh I mean, it's definitely definitely a firing offense. That's why they make absolutely sure they're they're up to date on, on taxes. So what the right. what's business like now? You're, you, I bet you have a few less competitors than you had a year ago. There's big layoffs. Um, I think people will. You'll, this, I think this is going to be a repeat of 2008 to 2012. People will drop out, find something else to do until things calm down. You know, there's going to be a period of adjustment. Did you save any of the money you made, or did you not? This would not be the time to get in the industry at all. Uh, no, well, a lot of industries I could talk about that. Am I ever going to see you? Next, maybe next bear game. But I don't want to. I don't want to see you like uh, you know do the ritual suicide if they lose. <laughs> Sapuku. I, I don't do that, Tom. Well, obviously I you're here today. I like yesterday. I started doing laundry. I started doing other things, and then it, the game got better. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, they almost pulled. The it worst out. I ever do is shut them off. I mean, I only expected them to win three games, and I opted when they won the first one, of course. So I- I'm still 50% good yet. Well, <laughs> well I would have liked to have seen the guy just go out of bounds. They might have been able to pull it off at the end instead of getting the ball right. stripped. But, he, you know, he's trying to do the best well, he can. Even well, even when Justin Fields made the touchdown, I mean, that yeah, would have been great if the guy just wouldn't hit the penalty. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's what the Bears, it's always almost. Well, that's because they're not that good. Well, Nance, take care of yourself. Thank you very much. SP Futures up. Thanks, guys. We're up now. We flipped to the upside. Uh, Nasdaq Futures up 25, S&P up 12. We flipped to the upside. Be back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. 
Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Report back to me when, uh, I don't know, when it makes sense.